You're listening to audio provided by Valleydale Church. To find more resources or to donate to this ministry, please check out valleydale.org. Good morning, Pastor Barry. Good morning. It's good to see you again. Me too, brother. Um, you feel warmed up? Yeah, I'm good to go. Are you a coffee guy? I've never asked you that. I saw you drinking some tea yesterday. So I I do, I like that to warm my voice up. Oh, yeah. You would know about that better than I would, but um, (laughs) just. No, tell me. Please tell me about the uh, the warm up, the warm up (laughs) process. Some weeks I feel like I don't, I don't even know. You know, the, the human voice is so is so interesting. I, I tell people that sometimes when they're like, what's the hardest instrument to play? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I think it might be the voice. Because mm. in general, your piano playing, Pierce is sitting over there, your piano playing is not affected by whether you have a cold or not. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, you guys are here early, right? Like 7, you're, you're well, singing and getting ready. Yeah, but at that point, you know, the preaching pastor's usually been here for an hour and a half or so, so we're not we're not we're not going to brag about when we get there. But yeah, you have you have to be. I mean, it's a physical. I mean, it's like I laugh. I went to a football game a couple of weeks ago, and the and the team comes out and makes a big show of like their warm ups and calisthenics, yeah. and I'm like, but yeah. it's such a show because they've been warming up for like two hours. Yeah. You know, they've been doing all their pregame stuff. So what is that? So you. Um, Right now, have you haven't have you been teaching week to week on Wednesday nights? No, no, we I, periodically. So yeah. we had a team of, of folks. Uh, for example, the spiritual discipline. So Pastor Brandon, Patrick, Julie McGuffey taught um, a couple times. She's actually teaching again this Wednesday night on fasting. So just oh, a little okay. a little plug for for her for that class. So um, she'll do great at that. But, uh, yeah, so just periodic. I taught Ruth, too, a couple of weeks ago. It can be tough kind of coming out, like, if you're not in the routine of, of teaching yeah. every every week. But, I, I mean, you looked really comfortable yesterday. I, and uh, we, we joked a little bit beforehand about, like, how, how long your message was going to be and how many pages. I think um, <laughs> probably I can't remember if Pastor and I talked about this last week, but um, I always talk with, uh, with Hannah our preschool minister, and she, she'll look at the sermon manuscripts and mm-hmm. be like, okay, I think I know how long this message is yeah. going to be, basically. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dan Hall's manuscript was only two pages long, yeah. <laughs> so she thought that she was really safe and didn't realize it was going to be 57 or 58 minutes, so shout out to, <laughs> shout out to him to really, really stretching things. But you manuscript everything when you, when you preach. Is that what you what Yeah, you I do, do, and I mean, I learned that, you know, from the pastor and from... Um, that's what they taught us in seminary to do. Um, oh, really? Which okay. this is an interesting story. They taught us, you know, manuscript the whole thing, but don't use notes when you preach. That's that's how they taught us to do it. Interesting. So we would write the whole thing out. We'd have to turn it in. But when we actually preached in front of the class, we couldn't use any notes. And so that's what I was, of course, it just took a lot of, you know, study time, memorization, that type thing. Wow, yeah. So I preached my first sermon, and I was getting one of the, my preaching professor at that time to help me with the class. And I remember sitting in his office one day and he goes, now you're going to have your notes up there with you. Right. And I was thinking, now, wait a minute, you have been teaching, you, you've been taught us not to use notes. And then when it comes time to do it for real, you want me to have notes in the pulpit. So I took them up there and, um, what a hypocrite. Anyway, <laughs> My- so I have them up there with me all the time. <laughs> It's good to have a safety blanket. You know, it's not a great feeling when you're, when you get up there and lose your train of thought and you don't have anything to, uh, help you help you bring it back the uh, the flesh and uh, 
the demonic forces love to make us lose our train of thought, right? Yeah, it happens. Well, uh, I want to jump in more to the content of the message in just a second, but um, but I thought I told you this yesterday. I thought we need to. I wanted to. I wanted to do a little bit of parent corner. You mm. know, you you and me talk through some things mm. here because everybody is fascinated. They're fascinated, Barry, by the fact that uh, you guys have six kids in the Chesney household. So I was wondering if you guys have any fun anecdotes for from recently that you want to share as far as the uh, the big family thing. Well, um, it's actually interesting. We never intended to have this many children. Um, in fact, when we, I think even before we were married, we were talking about children one day, and I said, Courtney said, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to have any kids. <laughs> and I said, I said, well, if that's what you feel like God's telling you, she goes, oh, that's, I don't know if that's what God's telling you, but I just don't really want to have kids. And I said, okay. And honestly, that time I was laser focused on school, and I was really not that interested either. And... Um, I mean, I was 27, 28 years old at that time. Oh, yeah. Uh, but then, you know what? What God, what God taught us, me particularly, we had our first child, and that was two and a half years into our marriage. And I just thought, there's no way I can be a dad and be a student and be a husband. Like, I just can't do it all. And then we had our child. We had Brock, and life just went on, you know? Right, and right. God was faithful. And I realized, oh, like I can walk with God. I can be a dad and still be good at whatever he's called me to do and anyway so then here came another one and, and they just have kept kept coming uh <laughs> but it, it, courtney courtney hears most of this because she's with them more than i am during the day yeah. but she'll hear things like are those all yours right you know that that's right. a pretty common one or you know occasionally you hear well you know what causes that yeah uh, that's the fun, yeah. That uh, please tell me <laughs> in front of my kids please tell me what or, causes or recently this. Yeah. she heard uh, or not too long ago she heard someone say now do they all have the same dad you know, that's, that's a rough one. That's been another one, too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but we're, we, we love having kids. Um, you know, um, what we, we did notice after you get past about two or three, people are not generally as excited for you <laughs> that, that you're pregnant. Right. <laughs> Including your parents, right? They're yeah. like, again? What's yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, you know, the first one or two, it's, you know, especially the first one, it really is. Oh, like second yeah, that's one, huge. Then if it's, you had a boy, oh, it could be a girl. Right. Like, and then after that, it's just like, are you guys ever going to stop? <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing so hard because you know our fourth is on the way, and it's like so many of the same, mm-hmm. so many of the same things. Like I think, golly, I think was it my um, my mother-in-law? Like we called her, and she was like, oh, geez, or something. <laughs> well, because Lauren's sister also has four, so they have you know in the span of six years or so, these eight grandkids have have come along so yes yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's a lot we love it my sister's pregnant with her fourth uh, that's sweet my dad was one of eight. Oh wow my mom's one of five so and i'm one of two i have, <laughs> I have, I have a younger sister but anyway we, we love it we love having a big family no it's great man i was talking to a guy uh recently young worship pastor and and he was and i was like so you know he'd been recently married i was like so you guys gonna try to have kids soon he's like wow i think we're gonna wait you know i really we really want to do some stuff and see the world and that sort of thing. And mm. I was like, dude, if you give me permission to speak frankly, like as someone that's seen the world, like that doesn't compare to being able to see the world through the eyes of your kids. That's right. It's that's right. so it's so beautiful and rewarding. So he probably uh, he probably thought I was crazy, but I was like, just start having kids, just go for it. Yeah, absolutely. it's been good. It's civilized me a lot. Sometimes I try to tell Pastor like how. 
how uh, insane of a person I used to be before mm -hmm. I had kids. I don't even think he believes me. <laughs> I think he thinks I'm like joking around with him. I'm like, no, really, that's that's the way things uh, used to be. Yeah, God does use children to change you for sure. It is sanctifying. Praise the Lord for that. Mm. Well, I want to. I'll put you on the spot a little bit on the here in our studio, which we established with Pastor is about ten thousand square feet or so. I'm sorry that the rest of you guys can't see how big the studio is. It's massive but if you can see about a quarter mile over there to our uh, to our whiteboard we've got our top four worship songs and we're, we're building our lists our list this week now people don't know this about you but you really do love music i know I that you, you love to sing and yeah and you actually came to me I, i'll let you think of your list for a second because it was actually pastor barry that recommended to me that we do the um the who you say i am song mm -hmm. i remember we started doing that a couple years ago and then we had already put goodness of God on the schedule, mm -hmm. and I was excited about that. And that very week, you texted that to me. And we're like, hey, you think we could do this? I'm like, as a matter of fact, mm -hmm. we're, we're doing that this week. So what do you think you'd put up there? I guess these are not hymns. We're kind of saying, I guess this is a more modern worship song kind of thing. Yeah, so I, I, do, I do love both. I do love hymns and oh, me too. modern. Um, for hymns, I was thinking like at Calvary. I love that one. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. I love that one. Uh, but in terms of modern, I would say I love the 10,000 Reasons song. Yeah, that is good. Oh, that's such a good one. Um, there's a new one. Well, it's new to me. It may not be new to those of you in the creative world, but it's um, I Speak Jesus. Oh, yeah. That, oh. A, that Charity Gale album is really, really Is that, just, on, that on her album, Yeah, too? it's a pretty – I mean, it is a new song, though. Okay. Yeah, that album – I think it might be called I Speak to you. I can't remember what the album No, it's yeah. called Endless Praise. That's what it's called. Okay. And, like, everybody is, is sending me that. And we even did one from that same album, the Thank You, Jesus, yeah. for the Blood. We did that yeah. yesterday. Yeah, I would, I would include the, the Endless Praise. I, I love that one. That one, I listened to it just the other day and just had my eyes getting moist. I mean, it's just it's a powerful song. It really now, Especially is. for the season that we're in, you know, when it talks about depression, anxiety. I speak Jesus. I speak Jesus over that. You know, and just the, the breakthrough that can happen. So I like those. Um, I, I love the goodness of God song. Uh, there's the there's one that you, you you lead us in. There's a king. I don't know if that's the name of the song. Yeah, it's called There Is a King. Yeah, yeah I one. love that one. So that, that that would probably be my list. Yeah, I really enjoy that There Is a King song. That's from Elevation Worship. Mm -hmm. Really, really neat. And it's you know it's it's modern, but it is in that that. Um, hymn form, mm -hmm. you know, three verses with kind of like the, the A section and the B section of every verse. But, um, yeah, I could get real geeky about song form and all these sorts of things, but that's not really the point of, uh, of this podcast. Well, we, uh, I guess we can jump into the message, Pastor Barry, and, okay. I, you know, I, I really enjoyed your illustrations. I, I think we can talk some about those, too. Um, for, uh, for everybody who's, uh, who's just tuning in or missed the message yesterday. We're talking with Pastor Barry. He's the discipleship pastor here at Valleydale, supervises all graded ministries, life groups, um, and various other things that Pastor Mac doesn't want to do, right? That's like the old, that's like the old school way of describing Is that too far? Pastor, if you, I don't know if he'll, he'll laugh if he saw that. Um, but, and then obviously, uh, you're, you're preached as a part of this uh, One Heart series, which is us just recommitting to faithful stewardship, obviously mm -hmm. in areas of finance, but then also in how we spend our time. We've been going through 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9, 
which, um, gosh, I, I know that I've read through those chapters a few times, but I, I guess I just, I guess I just kind of skimmed them, Pastor Barry. I kind of, I, I don't think that I understood um, so much of what is going on here, the mm-hmm. context around it, the story around it, um, and we've, I mean, you've, you and and the other men that have preached this have given us so many helpful uh, application points. So guys, I for if you missed the message yesterday, it's already up online there on YouTube. Brody, you put it up there, right? Brody has put it up there on mm-hmm. the interwebs. You guys can go check it out. I wanted to hit a, a, a couple of the high points. I guess I always like asking this, uh, but did, was there anything that you wanted to put in but you couldn't put into the message, or were you able to get it all in there? Uh, you know, the second... I felt a little more freedom in the second service, I guess, yeah. because we didn't have one, you know, another one coming up. So I talked about the numbers 13 and 14. Yeah. Um, Hit us with that again real I, quick. I don't, I don't, I know, I don't think I covered it in the first service. If I did, it was quickly, but, um, <clears throat> so the point was really that God is interested, not just in what we do, but why we do it. Uh, and yeah. so giver. you remember the, um, as he was, the, the 12 spies went into the promised land. They came back. With a good report in the sense of the land is good, yes, 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 good fruit. But then the 10 said, but, you know, we're like grasshoppers to these people. They're giants here. We, we can't do this. And, of course, Joshua and Caleb said, no, no, no. Caleb said, no, we, we should do this. We, let, let's go take it. And God is with us, that type of thing. And, um, of course, the people rebel and, oh, we should have stayed in Egypt. And, and then uh, the 10, and so God is, and Moses intercedes, but God is, is so angry Moses intercedes in prayer, and then the ten die. Yeah. The ten, the ten die by plague. And then the, the people come back, said the next morning they came back and said, okay, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll go, you know, almost like, fine, you, you know, we'll do what you want to do. What? And so, and Moses says, what, what are you doing? Right. God's not with you. His presence is not going to be with you. And they, they went anyway and got defeated. Yeah. And so it, that's case in point. God's not interested. He was not just interested that they went into the land. He's interested in them trusting him and believing his word. And so you apply that to the giving. Paul is essentially saying, I, you know, I want you to give a willing gift, not as, not, uh, he says, not as an exaction, which means not grudgingly. You know, don't just give. God didn't want your money. Just say, okay, fine, I'll take your money. But he's looking at your heart to go, are you giving it willingly or are you giving it just out of rote or just because you saw someone else doing it. Well, I guess the devil's advocate to that is, you know, what about the person who's like, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to give it all because I know that I can't give willingly yet. I'm going to wait for my heart to come around. What would you say to that person? I'd say you have to lead your heart. Your heart can't lead you because our, as we know, our hearts are deceptive, as Jeremiah said, and, and wicked. So we have to lead our heart. And so um, we can't we can't operate on emotion. We've got to say, no, this is what God's called me to do. And even though I'm not there right now, I'm going to trust that God will take me there. And so I'm going to respond in obedience. That's really become a common theme on these Monday mornings is is uh, that, that cooperation with the Holy Spirit and acting ourselves into a way of feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know for me, oftentimes with giving, it's, it's like, Lord, I'm not all the way there, but I, yeah, I'm not... E- uh, I'm not even sure I'm supposed to give this much or if I'm supposed to something else, but I'm just, I, you know, I'm just giving it to you and I'm going to see what I'm going to do it. So, you know, is that a borderline dismissive attitude? I don't know, but I'm just kind of trusting the Lord to form my heart Yeah. as, as that, as that happens. Well, I mean, think of, think of it in terms of parenting, like 
they're, you're not always just loving your children. <laughs> you know, I mean, there are times you're irritated. There are times right. you're frustrated with it because they're not listening. So does that mean, well, I'm just, I'm just going to leave because I'm not, I'm not loving my children right now. You know, I'm going to yeah. dismiss myself. And no, we, we, stay we, stay, we stay the course. We stay in the game. And then God works in their hearts, hopefully, works in our hearts. And then, you know, it hopefully improves. Another thing that was uh, that really stuck out to me as you as you preached this text was um, was Paul's his intentionality with with receiving the gift, but also his his strategy and making sure it didn't look like he was taking the money mm-hmm. for himself. Talk a little bit more about that because I love the way that you showed the really practical ways that Valleydale protects integrity around mm-hmm. finances. Uh, one thing that stands out that I didn't talk much about was. Uh, Paul didn't try to take over the whole process. He was willing to let the churches appoint people. He didn't say, "No, no, no, I've got to, I've got to appoint people." The churches did, and then, um, then he, of course, knew Titus, but uh, he removed himself from that whole situation. He was not, didn't want even the appearance of evil to to be there. So he, he said, "Hey, these guys are going to come before me. They're going to collect the offering and they're going to take it to Jerusalem." And I'm not going to be any part of that. And so, um, you know, he even says, for we aim, which means to plan beforehand. So I'm going to be proactive in putting measures in place that will prevent people from seeing that uh, somehow I'm, I'm mismanaging money. And then we talk just practically how, how we try to do that here at Valleydale. Yeah, because it, again, everything old is new again. Mm-hmm. People, like, or sometimes we act like, well, people these days, you know, they're, they're, they're worried about, like, preachers trying to scram uh, scam them or the tv evangelists that mm-hmm. that sort of thing mm-hmm. well that was obviously going on even back then there are p- people preaching false gospel there are people saying that gospel is dependent upon how much you give I'm, I'm, all of these things were going on and paul you can just see his faithfulness in setting up safeguards saying no this is not what it's about it's about your heart and it's about the mission of god yeah very 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 helpful we and obviously um well, maybe not, obviously. I think that was why you wanted to take us through that. You know, Val- Valleydale, as we receive these gifts, they're never, they're not processed by the pastors, number right. one. They're processed by people that, uh, that the church has raised up. Mm-hmm. It's always more than one person. You know, mm-hmm. there's checks and balances everywhere. Mm-hmm. And just in case there aren't, we have an external audit every single year. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that that's been set up. I think it, that was set up long before you or me got Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, there's just a lot of faithful, um, a lot of faithful people with excellent gifts of administration. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Men and women who are just donate their time. I mean, I remember, you remember during COVID, they were meeting every week, yes. really during Zoom, I mean, via Zoom, just to make sure, okay, where are we going? Where, what does it right. look like we're going in the next six months? And so that they put in a lot of time, especially this time of year, as they're working on a budget for now, or they're, you know, we, we submit it and then they look at it and size it and make sure, you know, okay, this is doable and we, we feel good about this. And then it comes to the church and or the elders involved as well. Then it comes to the church and then we vote on it. That's, that's an excellent, um, thing to celebrate. It's right there at the intersection between the fact that we give financially, but also people give so generously of their time. Mm-hmm. So um, huge shout out to everybody on the, uh, the, the finance team, the personnel team, these ad volunteer admin teams mm-hmm. that 
work behind the scenes to keep us on the straight and narrow financially, but also like they're using visionary leadership. That's what was happening last year. Well, here's all these different scenarios that could happen with the economy mm-hmm. as we're in that very, very unknown COVID stay-at-home season. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they planned really effectively. And along with that, people gave very, very faithfully. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Lord protected us through that. Yeah, yeah. definitely a celebration. Even, I mean, the personnel committee is the same same way. You know, they're looking at trends with, well, what, what is, what's happening with insurance and what's going to happen next year and how much does that does, needs to be in the budget for that? I mean, they, they both work together, you know. So we're, we're really blessed to have a just an all-star team in my mind, you know. I agree. Um, as one pastor used to say, platinum-level volunteers. You know? <laughs> we have a lot of platinum-level volunteers here who – who give a, just a significant amount of time. It really is amazing, and it's, it's, worth, it's worth celebrating. You know, sometimes, um, <laughs> you know, my, my, um, my, my dad used to tell me, I think it was my dad used to tell me, don't, don't try to be more spiritual than God, mm. which, is, <laughs> which is a funny thing to say because a lot of times, you know, we, we get in maybe like a corporate worship setting and everything is so ethereal and Holy Spirit move, even when we can't see it you're working, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. All of that's true. And yet, like, what we do with our finances is spiritual. Absolutely. What the tech team is doing in the front of house and in the video booth, that's spiritual as mm-hmm. well. So we have to, I, I always want to acknowledge these things as creative, <laughs> visionary, spiritual gifts that people are putting in action for the glory of the Lord. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think that's really cool. We really are blessed here. I, um, I, just to reiterate what what um, Dan said last week, because he was he was here as the interim pastor mm-hmm. at a very low time, mm-hmm. both financially and spiritually mm-hmm. in this church's history, and the fact that about ten or twelve years later, the Lord has seen fit to revive and, and in some respects resurrect mm-hmm. this body is nothing short of yeah. miraculous. Amen. It really is. I think that's one reason I felt led to, to walk through the financial component yesterday yeah. is because there are new people coming and I we just we want them to feel good about how we're trying to steward their their money and so anyway I hope it was helpful it was very helpful for me pastor Barry and I appreciate you sacrificing your time to uh to go above and beyond and, and make that message happen for us I guess we could take a quick look ahead pastor Mac is back in the pulpit this Sunday and as I understand it he's going to finish up second Corinthians chapter 9 that's that right. right. That's right. The cheerful giver passage. The yep. cheerful giver. That should be a good. You you kind of led us into that yesterday. So we'll talk about being a cheerful giver, and then it turns out that uh, the thirty first, which is that well known holiday, Reformation Day, <laughs> is uh, falls on a Sunday this year. So pastor is going to preach uh, preach a, um, a message and, and incorporate some elements of uh, Martin Luther's testimony, as I understand it. And then on November the seventh. Uh, you guys, we've got our one service Sunday for yep. celebration. Ten o'clock. Um, that'll be the day that we're going to collect our our commitment cards, um, which you guys will remember that those cards. It's you, you turn in a commitment saying that you're committed, but in terms of like any kind of dollar amount, that's really between you and the Lord. We're not we're not collecting pledge cards. This is more just you know us affirming together that uh, we're praying and stewarding together as a congregation. Um, and then, uh, so that's the seventh. And then after that, it's just, who knows? I'm just joking. It could be Esther. We'll see. (laughs) I'm I'm saying who knows, because we had this meeting last week where we calendared all of 2022. That's right. So we, uh, we got, we got as granular as possible in through the next year. That's right. 
Um, well, anything else you want to tell the people, Pastor Barry, as we close up? We covered a lot of ground here today. We did cover some ground. <clears throat> well, the, you know, there were two unnamed people. Oh, that's right. And I forgot to of ask the about team this. of three, there were Titus and then two unnamed people. This is some so, good trivia for the end. Um, so there's just there's all kinds of theories. You know, why why were they unnamed? Mm-hmm. And then two, who were these individuals? So obviously, the Holy Spirit didn't want us. You know, it was not imperative for us to know, or he he would have told us, but. Um, one one theory that I read. This is the famous person that Paul mentions. Yeah, yeah. Or one. Well, before we get to that, why, oh, okay. why were they unnamed? Mm-hmm. Um, one one writer said, "Well, it's because they were going ultimately to Jerusalem. So Corinth really didn't have to know their names because their service was not ultimately to Corinth, but it was to Jerusalem. So obviously, once they got to Corinth, they would meet them. So it was not. So that that was then that, that probably makes the most sense to me." Um, but the other ones, the famous brother could have been, could have been Apollos. You know, he was mighty in the scriptures, as we yeah. as Acts eighteen says. Um, it could have been Luke. Uh, that's what A. T. Robertson thought. He the said, physician. "Well, Luke was the brother of Titus. He, he thought possibly so. Maybe it was Luke. Maybe it was Barnabas. I, I kind of thought it was Barnabas because Barnabas and Paul taught at, at Antioch for like a year, and you read that in the in Acts, uh, Acts eleven, I believe." And so, anyway, it could have been, it could have been either one of those. But, uh, but here's the here's the takeaway: Are you okay? Would you be okay with being unnamed? You know, that, that's what the Lord. I was just thinking about this morning. Would, would I be okay being unnamed? Um, <clears throat> because you know, even there's a new Cinderella movie, right? Yeah, uh, or, on Amazon or newer. Or like I don't know how new, but there's, there's a lot of music in it, and my so my daughter is watching it. And there's a song in there that says something like, everybody's going to know my name. Right. You know? And and she's, at the time, Cinderella's thinking through, you know, I'm going to have this dress business, and they're going to know Ella's dress. You know, they're going to they're gonna know my name. Uh, and that, that, that is, that's the world, right? But right. as Christians, we they don't have to know our They need to know the name of Jesus. They don't have to know our name. But that was the takeaway. Are we willing... To be like these men, to serve faithfully, but to be okay if no one else knows our name. So. That's a big challenge. Yeah, Brody just gave us a big old thumbs up over there. Boom. At least that's how I'm interpreting that, whatever that motion you Maybe made was. Maybe he wants us to cut it off. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's just slicing the throat, that sort of thing. Well, it's been fun hanging out with you guys here on the interwebs. Once again, we've got Pastor Mac back in the pulpit. Um this Sunday, and uh, and then we'll see you here next Monday. And remember, on Wednesdays at nine, we've got uh, we've got Jamie and Hannah doing their. They have a fun bit, and then they talk through some church announcements. So if you're hanging out on Facebook, like we know you are, just go ahead and uh, check that out as well. Love you guys. See you later. Here's some kicks for you. We're kicking it.